Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 13 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. Coming off of Monday Night Football, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, back to 500 at 3-3, a 27-7 victory over the Giants on Monday Night Football. But it really wasn't as pretty, maybe, as the score looks. With me, as always, Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. They cover the Eagles for NJ Advanced Media. Elliot, we'll start with you here. Monday Night Football, it was a primetime game, a big game. Eagles win by 20 points, but yet there's that kind of that feeling of, what did we just watch there? What, what were your initial takeaways on Monday night? Yeah, it was kind of similar to the Saints game two weekends ago, though. I would, I would say they were maybe more impressive. It was a more impressive win last night, but they probably played better against the Saints. I mean, Look, no matter how you slice it, the last two games they've outscored their opponents 66-24. to 24. And you can say, yeah, the Saints aren't a very good team, and the Giants, you know, even though they were in first place, aren't a very good team. But the Eagles aren't no, – not many people think the Eagles are a very good team either. So these, these were two absolute must-win games. I mean, you know, we talked about it on the podcast, all the Sharks that were circling Chip Kelly at this team. And they've come out and they've dominated the last two games. And they, they could have dominated more if they would have, you know, I'm sure we'll get into them if Bradford plays better. So at the end of the day – they're three and three. If the playoffs started this weekend, they'd be in it. They'd be hosting a game. So, I mean, look, in 2013, I was thinking about this last night. In 2013, Chip's first year, they went into the playoffs as one of the hottest teams in the league, and they lost in the first round. Last year, they were one of the best teams that didn't get in the playoffs. So, look, this year, are they one of the, are they a playoff, quote-unquote, playoff-worthy team? Probably not. But it, all that matters is you get in and how you, how you play that first game. The first 16 games are almost irrelevant. So as long as the Eagles continue to win, to win enough to get in, it's really all that's going to matter. It is. And at 3-3 three and three right now, they're back tied at the top of this division. They beat the Giants, and it was a game very similar, it felt like, to last year. Uh, but this one, Mark, I mean, it's almost like two different stories emerge from this game. One, the defense and how well they played again against Eli and the Giants, just like last year in the spot. And then two, and we'll get into it, Sam Bradford. But, Mark, your thoughts on this game as it unfolded, a 20-point victory for the Eagles. I mean, I, hey, listen, you, you never complain about a win, and, and that was a 20-point a blowout when they were only a three-and-a-half-point favorite by game time, and they won by 20. No Eagles fan should have any negative thing to say. To, I don't care if Sam Bradford threw 12 interceptions. They, they beat a, a division rival who, have, who was on a three-game win streak who everybody was saying has put it together, and Eli and Ben McAdoo has made Eli the greatest quarterback of all time, and nobody sacks Eli, and this and that, and Odell Beckham is going to play. He's healthy, and that's why the line dropped. And they beat him by they, – they embarrassed him. After that first drive, the Giants did nothing, nothing. Now, Bradford didn't play well. I'm not going to defend Sam Bradford. But if he did play well, that's – if the game's 47-7. to 7. I, mean, it, I mean, the Eagles have faced two games in two weeks that they had to absolutely have to win, and they blew both teams out. And – I know, like, you know, Saints aren't very good. Well, the Saints aren't very good, but they went out and beat an undefeated Falcons team four days after they, they, they lost to the Eagles. And I, the Giants aren't very good, but everybody thought they were great before last night. So nobody's – have you watched the other games? No, the, the NFL has become so average right now. The parity has really set in. I mean, who's great? Green Bay, 6-0. I mean, they've had their, they have their, their problems. They're banged up. They gave up 500 passing yards last week to Phillip Rivers. New England? Carolina, I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're playing well, but I mean, and I think the Eagles are playoff worthy. By the way, I mean, I think they're the best team in the NFC East. I thought it before the season, and I still think. I I agree. I I agree with a lot of what you said. The only counter I would make is, 
you basically have to ask yourself, Larry, so and you're right, the Eagles are a playoff-worthy team. They have a very good, if not great, defense, in my opinion. I mean, now the Kirk Cousins drive aside, they've been very good all season. They've been very they're good. Start, right. The, and, and they were they were decent before then. But um, they're running the ball better. I think they're averaging like 150 yards over the last two games That's, or something like that, mm-hmm. which is huge. The, the only the, – again, the thing that you go back to is when you think, yeah, they're a playoff team. But how can they, you know, from there, where can they go? And to me, I just ask myself, what, what's going to outlast? A better defense or, or what do you need more, an elite defense or an elite quarterback? I think it's a quarterback. Yeah, I think that's what it is, too. And I, that's why I think off of the game on Monday night, there's so much on both sides here. I mean, realistically, like Mark was saying, this should be a day and this should be a week. Eagles fans are excited. Three out of four wins now. Back to first place in the East. There's not many great teams in the NFL. I mean, this should be an exciting moment here as the season moves along. But I, I feel pessimism from Eagles fans because of the way Bradford played. Let's, let's talk about Bradford first, and then we'll get to the defense. And they deserve a lot of time, I think, on this episode because they're playing, like Elliot said, outstanding. Mark, your thoughts on Bradford now. Six games in, three interceptions on Monday night. I mean, they, like you said, Mark, they would have won this game by 40 points oh, yeah. if he played well. And, and he didn't, but they still won the game. Uh, is he holding them back from what they could be right now, or is he just kind of along for this ride? Hey, all he does is win. What can I say about Sam Bradford? All he does is he, <laughs> he, he left the field with a win. <laughs> I mean, no, let's be, I mean, he has to play better. He really does. Um, now, again, as, as, I, as I posted on NJ.com Tuesday morning, a story saying, is this all Sam Bradford's fault? And if you, I talked to, you know, Tip Kelly and Pat Shermer both made it clear that even the, even the interceptions, there's a miscommunication going on between Bradford and, and his receivers, and that's got to stop. I mean, physical errors, you say, okay, maybe he's just not good at, you know, when, 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 if Mark Sanchez last year made a bad pass and it got picked off, you, people, you know, wow, Sanchez just made a bad pass. If that happens. That happens. Sometimes you have to give the defense credit for it. Maybe the defense guy made a good play. But um, I don't understand how six games into the regular season, he also had preseason, which he didn't hardly play, um, but training camp, all that, mini camps, all that stuff. That, these miscommunications are supposed to be ironed out during that time, not six games into the season, re- receivers still running the wrong route or – Bradford thinks Cooper's going to go deep, and he cuts it off. I mean, those things should not that – bo- that bothers me more than anything else that happened last night, that, that, that the receivers and, and the quarterback still aren't on the same page. I mean, I, and these aren't – this isn't Nelson Aguilar, the, the um, rookie, who you think, okay, he's making rookie mistakes. He wasn't even in the game last night. This is Riley Cooper, a veteran. This is Miles Austin, a veteran. This, these guys should not be making those kind of mistakes. And Bradford is a veteran. He should not be making these kind of mistakes. So that – when you talk about what bothers me the most about Sam Bradford's play, it's it's not being on the same page with his his, his receivers. And to, and after, to me, and to, to me, and I know I know I'm overly critical of Bradford, but the two things I'll say is to me, you're paying this guy thirteen million dollars. He was supposed to be. I understand, and you're right. The miscommunication fall on the receiver and the quarterback. But to me, you're the quarterback. You're the guy that leads that offense. I think if the if the, if the Team still having communication there six weeks into the season. That falls on Bradford more than it does the receivers, in my opinion. Because you're supposed to be the leader of that defense. You're supposed to be the guy that makes it go. On offense, they just don't look good. I mean, they just, you know, Bradford's overthrowing people. Um, those interceptions are, are, are horrendous. And, you know, I mean, 
that, so that's why when you walk out of these games, I, you know, and I agree, if you get into the playoffs, that's all that matters. Bradford can play terrible in that 10 weeks, but if he lights out in that one playoff game, that's all, you know, the Eagles will advance. So they, they just have to get in. But my question is when they start to face these better teams, and we'll find out next week against, against Carolina, you know, are the Eagles going to be able to survive with Bradford playing like this? Is the, is the defense good enough to, to legitimately carry this team to the playoffs? Because at this point, they're almost going to have to. They have been so far. They're carrying them to where they are right now. Here's what Sam Bradford had to say after the game on Monday night about the way he's played, about the interceptions, and really about you know his performance so far this season, which has been, I guess, up and down to say the least. You know, I'm not really sure. You know, I think it. You know, a couple of them follow me. A couple of them just feel like maybe we're lacking some attention to detail. You know, things that need to be cleaned up. Um, you know, the first half, I think we just had we had too many mistakes. Yeah, it's just inconsistent, you know, missing throws. Um, you know, there were some good, there were some bad. But, you know, I know for us to be where we want to be, I've got to play much better. Um, you know, like I said, I think everything that uh, went wrong tonight is correctable. You know, we'll get in, look at the tape, you know, see what corrections need to be made. You know, try to get ready for next week. All right, so Bradford there talking about the interceptions, talking about his play and how it has to be better. And, I mean, Mark, to me, the most alarming thing, you said the miscommunication – and then on top of that, where this mis- miscommunication is happening, four of his interceptions so far, four of his nine, have been in the red zone. I mean, that's taking points off the board. Even if it's a field goal, it's just – I mean, he gave the Giants life last night that they shouldn't have had just because they were still in that game on Monday night for a while, even though they couldn't move the ball at all. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right, Joe. I mean, that, that – and as I said, that's, that's – I disagree. That, I mean, Bradford, again, I, I guess it all, it all depended on what your expectations – were and still are. My expectations of this Eagle team and this offense was, and, and if you go back to podcast one, two, three, you'll hear me say it, was this was going to be a running team that the, the main part of the offense was going to be DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews. They were going to run the ball well, and that would make it easier for, for Bradford. And, and, you know, he would do some things here and there. Um, you know, don't, don't beat the, don't make mistakes. Well, he, he is making the mistakes, and whether they're his fault or the receiver's fault, they're still mistakes, and that has to stop. But the running, I've, what, what I like is what I've seen the last two weeks from both the offensive line, which has really played well the last two weeks. I don't think they're getting enough credit. They they played. I mean, the Giants' defense was number two in the league against the run. They hadn't allowed a, a hundred yard rusher all year. They only allowed one team to go over a hundred yards against them, and that was San Francisco a week a week ago. Eagles ran for a buck and a half. Murray had over 100. Matthews, if he had gotten the ball more, would have probably put up 100. I mean, you know, they, they, they ran the ball very well last night against a, a very good run defense. And like I said, if Bradford doesn't make them – I thought the offense is coming around. I really do. I think it's getting to where we thought it would be. Those red zone errors, that's a minimum of, of nine more points, say, right? I mean, if, even if the drive stalls, and every drive isn't going to end up in a touchdown. You can't be perfect, but – they were in field goal range a lot of a lot of those times. Yeah, I mean, they're, that's that's what has to stop. And you know, when they, in, in, in Bradford's defense or in his, you know, to say something good about him, the deep ball has come back. I mean, early in the season, we were saying, "Oh my God, what happened to the deep ball?" They they never throw deep. He's shown now that he can he can throw. I mean, Riley Cooper had had two last night. Miles Austin had one. They they are going down the field against. They are, and that, that's been a positive here for Bradford. And like you said, Mark, I mean, they moved the ball in the last couple games here, almost 1,000 yards of offense if you, com- if you combine the Saints game and the yeah. Giants game. So they are moving the football up and down the field. The offensive line is playing better. Bradford wasn't sacked, but 
Elliot, like we've talked about here, the, the numbers with Bradford and these interceptions, they're just they're stark. And he wasn't supposed to be this kind of quarterback that threw interceptions. He didn't do that in St. Louis. But the guy's on pace for 24 interceptions. I mean, that, at some point here, when do we say it's time to figure it out? I mean, Chip said on Tuesday morning that he's still, you know, relatively new to the team and new to the offense. But, I mean, when is, when is he not new? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an excuse. I don't think, I mean, you know, He's been in the he's been in the Novacare for you know six seven months now since he's been traded. So and he's you know he's fifty five fifty six games in his career. So these 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 interceptions again, the Riley Cooper one with the miscommunication you can almost excuse that one. But the one to Landon Collins where he has Zach Ertz wide open if he overthrows it. Uh, the first one uh, you know and the or last week you know those red zone interceptions he threw against the Saints. Those are just ugly bad throws and reads. I mean these are rookie mistakes at Bradford. Making and you know you talk about the interceptions. He's got four interceptions in the red zone this year. No other quarterback in the NFL has over two. So you know the Eagles are moving the ball. They're getting down there, and it's really just Bradford that's keeping them out of the end zone. Now, you know the, it goes back to the debate, and we we can talk about this. So what do you do? I mean, what do you do with Bradford? Do you do you continue to play him? I mean, he's obviously going to start next week against the Panthers. But at what point do you pull him? I mean, it's a complicated question. Because they are winning, and I mean, you know, they're three and three, but they have won two in a row in three of their last four, and they are in first place in the NFC. So it's like, do you ride them out all year to, and to see what happens? I mean, at what point does Bradford play bad enough where even if you're winning, you can't put them in there? Because I mean, if you're another player on the team, if you're on the defense, or if you're a receiver, or if you're a running back, and you're thinking, you know, I'm doing my job, and the defense is out there, you know, killing it every week. You know, at a certain point, Chip has to look at these guys and say, you know, Bradford is not playing well. Why, you know, if Fletcher, if, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray or Josh Huff or uh, Nolan Carroll was playing at the level that Bradford's playing, they'd be benched. They wouldn't still be in the game. Jordan Matthews has been dropping balls. Yeah. Jordan Matthews has played poorly. He dropped another one last night. He fumbled last night. He has played poorly, and there's been times where he's missed series. I mean, I don't know, you know, what – like there, like last night he, he dropped that – he had a bad drop at the start of the game. I think it was in the first quarter. And he wasn't in on the next offensive series. And that same thing happened against the, against the Saints. So, you know, his snaps have gone down as he started to drop the ball. So my overall, my overall point is if anybody else was playing at the level Bradford was playing – and I get the quarterback position different. But if anybody else was playing at the level Bradford was – he would either be benched or his playing time would be decreased. So – you just have to start wondering at what point, even if they're winning, does Chip, you know, think about putting in Sanchez? Because in reality, it can't be worse. I mean, you can say Bradford's done some nice things, I guess. I mean, I don't know what they are. But, you know, he, I guess he, he hasn't been completely horrendous. But the, everything he's done, Sanchez could do. Sanchez can throw interceptions. I mean, you know, so th- you just have Sanchez to Sanchez can't if, throw deep. That's, San, what, that's San, a difference. But, I mean, and the deep ball's been back. But even the 32-yard the pass, for the touchdown to Cooper. That was underthrown. He was lucky that wasn't intercepted. The He had the, the one deep pass to uh, Cooper later in the game. I think it was 43 yards, something like that. Yeah. That was that was a nice pass. But I think that – I see. I mean, Sanchez had some deep completions last year too. I'd have to look it up. It wasn't a ton. But I guess my point is Sanchez has been the best quarterback Chips ever had since he's been in the NFL statistically. They score more points with him in there, and he's probably faced the toughest stretch of competition as well of any of the quarterbacks. So at what point do you at least consider putting him in? I'm not saying at this point, and I, I, it's a very complicated question, but I just think at a certain point you have to start asking. I think you do too. And uh, I'm sure, 
Elliot, I'm sure someone inside that facility, whether it's a player or a coach or just, you know, the guy that is in the cafeteria has thought the same thing. Someone over there has to, because you look at the numbers now. I mean, Bradford started six games now as an Eagle, and you look at Sanchez's first six starts, and then their numbers are almost identical. And actually, Sanchez has a higher yards per attempt. So whether that's a deep pass or just throwing to someone so they could, you know, run after the catch and make a big play, whatever. I mean, the numbers are almost identical. Touchdowns, interceptions, completion percentage. They've, they've been the same quarterback through their first six starts with the Eagles. So he, he's not markedly better than Mark Sanchez. Maybe Sanchez, his, his worst is, is worse than Bradford's, but I don't know. I mean, Mark, have, have you started to give any thoughts to maybe that's going to come up at some point in Chip's head, or do you think this is Bradford's job all year? This is Bradford's job all year. And if they're identical, then why make a change? If they're exactly the same, why, why you don't make change for the sake of making change? Because then everybody has to get on the same page. With, with, and I like Mark Sanchez. I've, I've been to Mark Sanchez. I would, have been, I would have been satisfied if the Eagles traded Nick Foles to the Rams and, and got a third-round pick instead of giving up a second. Let Bradford, let the Rams do with Bradford whatever they wanted to do with Bradford, and gone into the year with Sanchez as my starter and maybe draft a kid or bring in a young somebody else to be the back. I would have had no problem with that. I don't think the Eagles' record would be any different if that was the case. However, you, changing quarterbacks is a, is a sign of, of is a desperate. I'm not sure other than through injury, if it has, has there ever been a well, yeah, Tim Tebow in Denver. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of a time when a team changed quarterback in midstream and did better be, because of it. And then that's, that's the one that popped into my head um, when, when Tebow took Denver to the playoffs. But most times it's a desperation move and it doesn't, and then it, and then it doesn't, and let's put it this way. If you, if you do bench Bradford now and go to Sanchez and that doesn't work, Bradford, you're not, Bradford's not going to come off the bench and save you now. He's done. You bench him. He's done. He's not, there's no going back to him. Right. I mean, you, and that, you can't, that's the... can't, Right? Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that I keep going back to is, ultimately, I would not bench Sam Bradford yet. And you probably are better off just riding with him for this foreseeable future because as long as you're winning, I mean, I, you know, I, we've all been waiting five years for it. But as long as you're winning, which they are now, and they've won two in a row and they're dominating the two teams they played, you might as well ride it out with Bradford and just hope that he turns it around. I mean... Because as, just as, stop, as, as I don't think it's a matter of turning it around, Elliot, as it is just just stop making the bad the bad mistake. I mean, that's what's plagued him. I, I don't think he's played terribly. I think it's it's the he's made. I mean, I think he's, like, as, I think he's been one of the one. I think he's. I mean, there, outside of the interceptions, there's been plenty of times where he's thrown some passes that were ugly. The thing that sticks out to me is the past two weeks. The you know so we uh, NJ.com is partnered with NOLA.com. So when the Saints were here. I knew some of the Saints reporters, and then obviously we covered the Giants. And the first two things these, these reporters say to me when they come up to me, like, you know, at halftime or whenever I run into them, the first thing they always say is, man, Bradford's terrible. So it's not just, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, if we're too close to the situation, if we're nitpicking. Because as, as you said, I mean, all quarterbacks make bad throws. But, but the difference is Bradford has more bad throws than he does good throws overall. Because, I mean, even his completions are just, you know, he is getting it deep a little more. But he just doesn't have very many throws where you go like, wow, that was that was an impressive throw. I mean, over. I mean, when you talk about Bradford, I mean, you sit next to each other in the press box. We we point out his bad throws more than his good ones. So, 
I, that's because we're up. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. That's but I mean, the turnover is obviously a problem. But overall, he 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 has not played well. This isn't this isn't a matter of just fixing one or two things, in my opinion. This is a matter of a guy who, throughout his career, has been a below average quarterback and is playing even worse now. So he might have a big game next week. He might have one or two weeks in a row, but. He just hasn't shown anything to make you think that he can be a consistent winning NFL quarterback, and that's the larger problem, is that if you put – the question is, if you put the pieces around Bradford, can he win? The Eagles have a good defense. They, they now have a running game. The receivers are more of a problem. I think they're more of a problem now yes. than they did in week one. I'll admit that. But overall, I still think the biggest issue is Bradford, and when your biggest issue is your quarterback, that's a major deal no matter what your record is. It is, and, and, and now it's – it's almost like the Eagles have become a different team than we expected. And I think that's part of why the conversation is, is so disjointed. They're not the team at all we expected where they were going to move the ball on offense really well and not turn the ball over as much as last year and play, you know, average defense. Well, they've become a defensive team that could outrun the ball better the last couple of weeks, and they're being held back offensively, it seems, by their quarterback. Let's get into the defense because they certainly deserve credit here. And, I mean, the numbers are, are pretty amazing. I mean, on Monday Night Football, the Giants go right down the field, first drive, Beckham scores the touchdown over the middle from Eli. Then the Giants basically don't move the football again the rest of the night. No plays over 14 yards. Beckham basically shut out in the second half. Uh, the Giants couldn't really run it at all. I mean, that Eagles defensive performance was amazing. Big plays and just shut down defense. Mark, how impressed are you as this season has gone along with this defensive unit? They're much better than I thought they were, I'll be honest. I didn't. I was really down on the defense after Kirk Cousins went 90 yards against them and, and made him look foolish for the most part. A, a, a journeyman quarterback without his best weapon beats him. And I think that I think to be honest, I think that woke them up a little bit. I think they were embarrassed by that. They know, I mean, you know, they know football better than I do, and they know that they should never have allowed, you know, basically a backup quarterback with no real threat on the field to do that against them. And I think, and since then they 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 played very very well against. You know Drew Brees and Eli Manning. That's that's a lot of quarterback experience. You're talking three Super Bowl rings. You're, you're you know, you're that's that's elite quarterbacks. And you know, they, Brees Brees did okay. You know, they, he didn't really hurt him. And Eli, like you said, after that first drive was was terrible. And they're getting the pass. Last night's game, I thought, was all about the Eagles front dominating the Giants' all, offensive line. And they really did. They, the Giants didn't really run the ball. They had a couple. Uh, Jennings had a couple okay runs, but nothing, nothing big. Um, and Andre Williams looked like a total bum. I mean, and, and he's not that. He's not as bad as he looked last night. But they made him look like he, he did absolutely zero against them. Um, and they got and so they 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 took the Giants' run game completely out of it. And then the pass rush, which Eli had only been sacked four times in five games. They sacked them four times, and really six. If you, if you count the two intentional groundings, there's no difference between a sack and an intentional grounding. You lose the down, you lose the yards. It's a, it's a sack. So I mean, they, that, so that's six. That's impressive. Um, they just, I mean, Vinny Curry, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, Benny Logan, Cedric Thornton. Those guys just, every one of those guys outplayed the guy that was supposed to block him last night. And and, and again, I didn't think the Giants' offensive line was very good, but. They had been playing well, so I, I know they, it's not like this was a team that had been giving up five, six sacks a game. They given up less than one a game. Very impressive. And when you can get that kind of pressure up front, and and Bill Davis kind of joked about it. He said, you know, because Bill likes the blitz, and he said last night, he goes, yeah, the 
the front four was playing so so good. I I I told him, hey guys, you know, I I like the blitz. You're not letting me blitz tonight. <laughs> he was he said it laughingly because but when you don't have the blitz, it makes it so much easier on the secondary to cover. They they, they doubled Beckham the whole entire second half. Yes, Bill Davis actually double teamed the wide receiver. That's hard to believe, <laughs> but he did. And, and guess and look what happened. Beckham didn't do anything. <laughs> Amazing, right? You, you double team a guy, it makes it a lot harder to get the ball to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I would add, and I mean, you know, that defense has been playing great. You look at it overall, they're top 10 in points allowed. They're top 10 against the run. I believe they're top six in total turnovers, if not higher, actually. Um, I mean, the secondary is 19th, but you know what? The secondary doesn't have to be top 10 for this defense to be elite. You're seeing that because the front seven is that good. Now, the question is, when, when uh, Kiko Alonso and Michael Kendricks ever come back, if that ever happens, I mean, in theory, they'll be even better. So, really, the defense is playing shorthanded. Now, the only question I have is, it's almost like in, in basketball. If you think a team's going to win by, by scoring down low, and, and then the first two games they win by shooting threes, like, is this Eagles team going to continue to be able to win with their defense? I mean, I think the defense is very good. Um, and, you know, for all the reasons Mark just mentioned, their front, their front seven's very good. You know, they're, they're able to stop the run. But can they do it consistently? That would, that would be the only concern I would have with the defense because if there's been one issue with Billy Davis throughout his NFL career, it has been consistently consistent. I mean, in Arizona, his defense had moments that wasn't great overall. In Cleveland, it was the same thing. So I wonder if now this is a case of just the Eagles having a wealth of, of, of talent on defense or, you know, I'll just be interested to see, you know, when Carolina, for example, Carolina next weekend, next weekend, Carolina is a game where the Eagles' defense should be able to hold that team under 20 points. They don't have a great offense. They don't have a lot of good skill positions. So I'll be interested to see if they can keep putting together these uh, these strong performances. Or if sooner or later, the offense is going to have to turn it around for this team to win. Yeah, kind of the ebbs and flows of a team. And to your point, Elliot, if this def- if this is what the defense is, regardless of when they bring back better personnel or whatever, if they're going to play like this consistently, then really the only question then it goes back to Bradford. Because if they can get him right, then we're looking at a really good team. Because the defense – is holding almost every opponent now under 20 points. 26 points is the most they've given up, and it's now been six weeks. So, you know, the defense has been good. Bradford's been inconsistent. And, Mark, a few minutes ago, you mentioned the running game has, has gotten going the last couple of weeks. And last night, finally, DeMarco Murray, over 100 yards. It was slow in the first half, but he finally got going. And I think Eagles fans have been waiting and wondering, you know, when is that DeMarco Murray going to show up? I thought some of those runs, and to me, the, the drive that – changed the game, and the game was officially over to me, was when the Giants had the penalty on the running into the punter, and the Eagles got the football back 17-7, and then Murray just went crazy after that. And that's what they got DeMarco Murray for. I mean, he's the guy that when you, you know, and this is what he did in Dallas, you know, when you won in the second half, and, you know, the other team's a little desperate, and they're getting a little tired, you just pound DeMarco Murray at him, and you pound him, into some submission, and, and that's what he did last night. He just – and that touchdown run was really that – was, that was as nice a run as we've seen in a while here. Um, I mean, no, that's – that's DeMarco Murray played last night the way I think Tip Kelly and Eagles, you know, organization envisioned DeMarco Murray running when they when they signed him to a big free agent deal. Here, here's a question I'll throw out to both of you guys. If, if the Eagles play the game they did last night, where the defense plays mm-hmm. well, plays very well, they run the ball, but Bradford – continue to turn the ball over. They play that game every week the rest of the season. How many games they win? It's hard to say. I mean, they'll be – not all of them, obviously, but they, they won't lose them all either. If you hold other teams right. up points, you're going to win most of your games. Yeah, yeah. That, right? I mean, 
Right, and that's kind of what you know throughout this podcast. What I've been what I've been thinking is, you know, we're talking we're talking so much about Bradford's flaws. Believe me, I'll talk about that the rest of the day. Overall, I mean, you know, this team is they played well enough. I think last night to consistently win. I mean, if they play that game over the next ten games, I think they win six or seven of them. You know, I would say right well, around. Well, you there. can't. Well, here's the thing: you can't expect. Well, see, again, it's all about your ex- – I'll, I'll go back to what I started saying at the beginning of the podcast. It's all about your expectations. You think – I didn't think Bradford was going to come in here and be Joe Montana. I don't, and, and if you did, you were nuts. What, what made you think that? I am surprised he's throwing interceptions because, like, like Joe said earlier, that's not in his – they didn't go out and get a guy that, hey, one thing about it, like, like Sanchez, for instance. When he throws interceptions, well, that's plagued Mark throughout his career. He, he's been a guy that's thrown too many interceptions. Bradford, no. That's he's, his big thing was in. He's been plagued by injuries. He's been plagued by others, not interceptions. With that said, I I never never in a million years did I put Sam Bradford in my list of if I listed twenty guys that I thought would win MVP this year, Sam Bradford wouldn't be one of my, one of my one of my twenty. I mean, Demarco Murray I would have put ahead of him. Maybe you know he has another eighteen hundred yard season. So I didn't expect a lot from Bradford. So maybe that's why I'm not quite as down on him as everybody else. Whereas with the defense, I didn't expect. I think the defense. I thought the defense would be better than last year. Certainly, you had them top ten. Oh yeah, I never thought they'd be top ten. Now I'm thinking, hey, maybe right. you were right. Maybe they, maybe they're better than I thought. Um, but I can't expect that defense to hold every team to seven points going forward. So if you turn the ball, most times if you turn the ball over, was it four times last night? Right, three interceptions. Four times. Yeah. You turn over four times, the other team's going to score more than seven points. And they, the Giants scored zero points off of those four turnovers. That's rare. That's a rarity in the NFL that the other team doesn't, you know, capitalize off four turnovers. I'm not sure I can – I remember the last time a, a team turned over four times and didn't give up, didn't give up any points be, because of it. To your question hey, of how many games they'll win if they play like they did on Monday night the rest of the year, I w- to me, I'd lean more towards five or six at the most because – I mean, you can't even if the defense plays like this, which maybe should now be expected. You can't expect them to turn the pick six into a touchdown each time. I mean, they only scored twenty offensive points, even though they moved the ball pretty well the whole day. I mean, the Giants self-inflicted wounds with the roughing the passer and the running into the punter. I mean, I think if they play that game again consistently, they're going to be in a lot of close games. If they only put twenty on the board. Uh, offensively, I think they're going to be in a lot of nail biters, like the Redskins game, almost a lot down the rest of the season. Well, and it, it kind of raises the question of what does this season matter if at the end of the year you don't have a quarterback? You know, like I mean, Mark said he didn't have big expectations for Bradford coming into the year, and he's kind of just doing you didn't what he either. thought. No, I know. You I didn't? Yeah, okay. I, I didn't either. Right. No, no, I, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's been clear I didn't, but I mean. Although he did look good against Green Bay. There were moments in the preseason we'll where I – We'll always have Green Bay, Ali. We'll always, we'll have, always have Green Bay. <laughs> but I guess my, my point is, like, if the Eagles finish 10-6 and six and get in the playoffs and they don't win a game, and, but they do it because the defense is really good. And now all year Bradford's bad, and all year you can tell he's not the guy. Like, what did this season even mean? Because in the offseason you're still going to need a new quarterback. And I think that's why it's hard to get why, – why it's hard for fans to get excited about this team. It's because – you look and you can see they still have such a huge flaw and a huge position. And what what is it, you know, like, why does this all – what does the win even mean? If they don't have a quarterback, this team isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Not this year, not next year, not two years from now. And if they don't have a quarterback, and now right now they don't have one. And I think that's why it's hard to get excited or optimistic about what this team can do 
because all these surrounding parts, yeah, they're nice. I mean, the defense is very good. The running game is improving. But it, the Eagles aren't going to win a Super Bowl because of their defense and their running game. I mean, it's pot, like I would say the chances of there are close to slim. They're not. Yeah, that's not the formula we thought was going to happen here. Uh, the team they're playing, let's look ahead to Sunday night. Uh, another primetime game for the Eagles. That team wants to win games on their defense, on their running game, and on their quarterback, whether with his legs or his arm, just finding a way to make plays. And Cam Newton did that this past Sunday against the Seahawks. I mean, uh, they're undefeated, and the Seahawks maybe not be what they have been in past years, but if you win on the road in Seattle, I think it, it makes people raise their eyebrows. This Carolina team, Mark, when you look ahead to this game on Sunday night, uh, how big of a challenge is this for the Eagles? And, I mean, Elliot was saying earlier maybe they match up well on defense, but Newton's playing pretty well right now. Oh, I, I'm a big Cam Newton guy. I mean, if, if the Eagles had Cam Newton, they would be a Super Bowl con- contender, no doubt, no, no doubt at all. Um, and especially, oh my God, him and Chip Kelly's offense—that would be that would be scary. Um, he's the guy. I asked a, a, a guy that uh, a, an executive uh, for a team um, a quick question about the Panthers. Um, he said I, I, he didn't know him very well. They, his team hasn't played them. I don't think they do play him. Um, but I just asked if he what, and he said, hey. Just, just right about Cam Newton. He's that the, he's he's the team. <laughs> so that that's coming from a guy in the league saying, you know, it's, it's Cam Newton. Um, they're a team that they they play. I mean, Ronnie Rivera, former assistant coach with the Eagles, who I got to know pretty well when he was here. You know, very disciplined guy. The Panthers are a team. They're not going to beat themselves. They're not going to be the Giants. They're not going to get a stupid roughing the passer penalty on on you know on third and long. They're not going to, you know, they'll make physical mistakes. Every team does, but they're not going to do those stupid things. They're not going to. Uh, blow a coverage and let you know Riley Cooper run free for sixty yards. They're going to be sound. They're they're going to they're going to play the game hard. Um, they don't. They're they're really. I don't see a lot of talent in the skill positions other than other than Cam. Uh, they they lost their best wide receiver for the season uh, during the preseason, Kelvin uh, Benjamin, who would have been a big problem for Eagles if, if if he was healthy, just because of his size and and speed and stuff. But. Um, they're, they're winning games. They came from behind on the road to beat Seattle last week. Um, Seattle's not the Seattle that went to the Super Bowl the last two years, but they're still a, a pretty good team, I think. I don't know. They're, they're two and four. But um, that on the when you go on the road and win, you it, it's a good win. And to come from behind on the road to win is even even more impressive. Another problem the Eagles face this week, which I never like, is having to travel on a short week. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem to work out very well for a lot of teams. Um, it would, the Eagles win this week. I don't care if Bradford. Like I said, I don't care what Bradford does or how many interceptions. If they can go into Carolina on a short work week, coming off a big division win, playing a prime time game, Carolina. See, Carolina. They hear what people say. The Panthers players. They hear everybody saying, "Oh, they're not that good. They're fluke. They're they hear that. Now the nation's going to get a chance to watch them for, I believe, for the first time this year. I think this is their, their first prime time game. They got something to prove, so they're going to be ready for this game. This is going to be this is a very, very, very tough test for the Eagles. Yeah, and the Panthers, like you just said, don't get a lot of primetime games. So the Eagles seem to be playing in primetime every other week. So the Panthers team is going to be jacked up and ready. I mean, the t- the win over Seattle, I agree with you, Joe. Even though the Seahawks aren't that great, still one of the more impressive wins you can have in the NFL. Just going in there and winning is tough. To in do. there, right? And so, coming from behind. And coming from behind, exactly. I mean, at the beginning of the year when I looked at the schedule, I thought this Panthers game was, was a win. I didn't think there was almost any way the Eagles would lose just because I didn't think the Panthers could score with the Eagles. I thought on a bad day the Eagles offense scored, you know, 27 points. But that's not the case anymore. Last night they only scored 20, and the Giants really helped them in doing that with, the, with you know, the, the bad penalties and stuff like that. So 
I, this is going to be a tough game for the Eagles, and I agree. You know, this is one of those games where if, if Bradford just goes in there and wins, the Eagles just – if Brad, you know, Bradford's their, their quarterback next Sunday night and the Eagles end the game with a victory, I'm impressed. No matter how it happens, just go in there and get the win, even if you win 3 nothing, even if you win 35, you know, 33. Just go in there and get the win because if you do that, you will have beaten the Saints, the, the Giants, and the Panthers. And the Giants and the Panthers are maybe two of the better teams in the NFC, which speaks how bad the NFC is, but they're, you know, yeah. they're probably up there. <laughs> I mean – and you, you know, you'll you'll be four and three. You'll be in first place in the division. You'll be heading into your bye, you know, four and three. And then and then you can, you know, you can start to feel good about this team. So next week's huge, and I, I'm excited to see how they come out and how they play. Um, it's, it's a big show me moment for this team to see, you know, show me how legit you are. Show me if you can beat these quality opponents. It's oh, a major it, one. It, It'll be there on Sunday night. It, it's a big game. Go ahead, Mark. Can I just ask Kelly one thing? You said if Sam Bradford is out there, do you know something we don't know? <laughs> no, he'll be out there. I just okay. mean. I thought maybe you had a little inside scoop that Sanchez was getting a job. I wish, but no. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, he'll be out there. I'm just, my point is, this is one of those games. Just get the win. Just get the win. It doesn't matter how you do it, Bradford. Just even if you only have to make one big throw and you make it, just get the win, and I'll be impressed. All right, guys. We'll end with this as we look forward to the Eagles heading to Carolina for Sunday Night Football. Just fill in the blank. Could be one word. Could be a couple. Could be whatever you want. But Right now, we'll start with Elliot, then we'll end with Mark. The Philadelphia Eagles are a blank team. Uh, wow. The, the Eagles are a defensive team, I would say. I'd go with defensive. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles are a defensive team right now. Mark? My turn? Yep. A better than, a better than average team in a, in a less than average division. Tough to That's argue with words, either Mark. of those. It's a lot of words, but it works. It certainly works right now. That is the Eagles, three and three, but technically in first place in the NFC East. So uh, this was fun. This was uh, two wins in a row here. It's always fun to talk about. And the Eagles are now, I guess, where they want to be in the top of the division. We'll see how they, what they do and, and how they do moving forward. So Sunday Night Football is coming up. Elliot, thanks for doing this. Uh, and we'll be back, of course, on the No Huddle Show next week. Thanks, Elliot. Talk to you, Sam. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. Take care. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 13 of the No Huddle Show. Remember to follow the show at Elliot Shore Parks, at Mark Eccolo 08, at Joe Gileo Sports. And we do have a Twitter account for this show. If you want to follow the No Huddle Show at the No Huddle Show, just as you would, uh, you would search it there on Twitter. So send us questions, follow along. We'll put these podcasts up. And, of course, iTunes, Stitcher, leave us a rating. You know how we do it here uh, on the No Huddle Show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 14.